Hello and welcome to For Your Reconsideration. Hot off the bin fire of 2020, we plunge straight in with hopefully sunnier horizons and a metric buttload of movies to redeem, we hope. I'm Rob and here are Simon and James. How are you boys? Hey man. Hello. Happy New Year. Well, yeah, 2021's off to a belting start, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, I, I just uh, loved our, our New Year's <laughs> Eve when it when it struck twelve. Everyone was outside, like going, "Yeah, fuck you, 2020." But it's like nothing's gonna change. Hey, yeah, <laughs> we're one week in. We're back in lockdown, and idiots are trying to overthrow the US government. It's ridiculous. <laughs> one week. Fun times. I think you know, like um, it, 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 2020, 2021, 2021, 2021 obviously had imposter syndrome because already because it felt like. It's gone into one-upmanship overdrive. <laughs> it's just, gone too big too early. It has. It's jumped the shark. The year has jumped the shark already. Um, what have you guys been watching over the Christmas period, fellas? Oh, well, I've, uh, I've, I've taken in loads of stuff, but two things that I want to shout out. So one, which is absolutely prime for this podcast on a future episode, uh, and I know Simon's seen it as well, is Colour Out of Space, which is a oh, Nick Cage... Um, what?! Richard Stanley directed horror Lovecraftian maniac fest. It's incredible. What? Like, Still haven't got over it. I haven't even heard of it. Where did you see this? It's on Amazon Prime. Yeesh. Yeah, Rob, you will love it. I don't want to say too much about it, but anyone who sort of enjoys the show or enjoys Cage or enjoys weird creature features, yeah. Get on it. It's yeah. absolutely brilliant. How have I not seen this? <laughs> it's recent as well. It was out last year. It got cinema release before the world ended last year. <laughs> um, and yeah, I watched it and it, it knocked my socks off. It's like genuinely a really, really good movie, but it's so weird. It's good. It's really good. Oh, my word. Uh, you said you had two. What was the other one? Yeah, well, one is... Um, so I'm doing a 2021 sort of film challenge. Uh, so the challenge is to watch 52 movies from 52 different years over the 52 weeks of a year all of them have to be movies you haven't seen uh, before nice. and what you do is you watch them in order of release and don't repeat any directors so i went all the way back to 1933 and watched the original king kong which i'd never oh, seen before oh seriously oh it's so good yeah i was astounded how good it was because i think i'd never watched it because you're like right well the effects are going to be all dated and stuff like that and what kind of you know, it's the pacing's yeah. going to be off, and it really, really isn't. What struck me most is like it knows that it's a monster movie and really leans into that as well. And um, it's just ninety minutes of wall-to-wall action. It's incredible. <laughs> it's so, like, it's such a good movie. It really yeah, is a great. movie. I was astounded. Like, and the effects are just so charming as well. Now. Yeah, that's yeah. And, and and King Kong in this. He's more vicious than he is in any of the various remakes or other versions. Yes. He's he's just a bad motherfucker. Like, there's no <laughs> messing about. He just kills and eats people. I don't. He, he likes <laughs> yeah. the taste of the locals in this movie. <laughs> it does. I mean, obviously, it's nearly 90 years old, this film, so some of the attitudes and acting yes. have not, <laughs> not <laughs> aged particularly well, but... I think it's a must-see for anyone who considers themselves a bit of a film buff. Yeah, I totally agree. And and, and he's, anyone who enjoys, you know, I um, that's on my 
list for to show the children. My, yeah. my children, not just the world's the children. children. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I, I I think anyone who enjoys um, sitting down and watching a story that's exciting. I couldn't believe how fast-paced it was. It was just one battle <laughs> yeah. after another. <laughs> it's never-ending and, and so iconic as well. Yeah, you know, oh, Some of great. the scenes are incredible. Oh, that's... Loved it. Oh, what a way to start the <laughs> Love it. Uh, Sly, what about you? What have you been swilling on? Oh, God, like, yeah, over the festive period, I watched far too many movies to, like, all mention and list. But it was great. I watched so many movies. I had a great time. But one worth a shout-out is Possessor, directed by Brandon Cronenberg, son of David, and starring Andrea Riseborough. Um, it's, it's like a sci-fi horror thriller um, about a secret agent assassin who uses brain implant technology to like get the job done. Is that what that movie's about? That sounds yeah, amazing. It's really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does sound good. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 like really gruesome and ghastly in places. Like going in really hard on like the body shock stuff, which um, Papa Cronenberg would be very proud yeah. of his son. <laughs> but I, I really liked it. I really really liked it. It's, it's a really great piece of genre filmmaking. Um, much like Color Out of Space, James, because I watched that as well, and it's just oh nice, just man. amazing. <laughs> so Rob, please watch Color Out of Space. So uh, so good. I mean, I'm gonna <laughs> Cajun creatures. It's not been done. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Time, so yeah, I'm... it's disturbing. Uh, it's very good. As it possessor is as well was really like we're watching it, just going like, oh, oh, <laughs> but it's good. Um, also, a big sort of chunk of the movies we watched, the me and the the wife. I'm going to say wife. She's not my wife, but I'm just going to say wife anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, so me and the other half watched um, all the you Star Wars films. He's already that. gone you back on it. <laughs> I realised I, realized I was like, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say it. So I'm going to cut that bit out. Um, <laughs> so, oh, maybe not. Uh, so yes, the other half and I, future wife, uh, we watched all the... Um, Star Wars films in timeline order. Ooh. Uh, so how many is that? 11? 11 films? Yes. Uh, oh, yes, yes, including the, the random ones. Yeah. And and I think after watching them all that I've landed at my ranking. Oh, seriously? So can I share the ranking? Oh, go on. I, I'd love to hear this. This is where you're going to set Twitter on fire. Yeah, it's going to be controversial. Sorry, sorry. It's definitely going to be controversial. <laughs> uh, so shall I go best to worst or worst to best? Worst to best, I think. Worst to best, right. Down at the bottom, Phantom Menace. I mean, it's got a good lightsaber battle, but it's a film about taxation on trade routes and there's too much <laughs> politics. And I'm just like, what is everyone talking about? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, then Rise of Skywalker. Um, it's just too stupid. <laughs> None of these are bad, by the way, even though yeah, I, I, yeah. I love all of them. I really do like watching all of them. Um, <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. Then Revenge of the Sith, which a lot of people say is the best um prequel but i think attack of the clones is the best prequel yes um, oh so attack of the clones <laughs> after that then solo which i think is brilliant Ooh. i really like solo i think from this point on they're like i love all of them now from <laughs> like really love them all uh then return of the jedi um which i know is your favorite rob uh, oh no! Did you see the the little like yeah, so the, like, the, the, mid table? No, I'll take mid table. Mid table. Uh, then the Force Awakens, which is I, I really just in, in terms of a yeah. action movie, like a standalone action movie, which is a love letter to the original trilogy. I yeah. think it's really really good. Um, then a New Hope, then Empire Strikes Back, 
Um, so then my top two are the newer ones. So Rogue One was number one on the list for ages because that was obviously the first one I watched. So I was like, this is a fa- fucking fantastic film. Really I just is, loved yeah. it. And then The Last Jedi is my favourite one. <laughs> I think it's a brilliant film. Look forward to all those one-star reviews coming in on <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm doing it just to boil the piss of Star Wars fans. <laughs> uh, no, because I think out of all of them, I just think The Last Jedi is, is just the most adventurous. Obviously, not yeah. aside from, you know, the first one's obviously really adventurous, making a sci-fi mm. space opera in the 70s. <clears throat> but in terms of, like, looking at it from me, because I never had the the childhood attachment to Star Wars. I was never into it as a kid. I came into it quite late in life, like as a teenager, um, and only really got into it since I met my missus because she loves it. She was like Mm. worn out VHSs when she was a kid. So I never really had that like nostalgia thing with it. So to sit down and watch them all in order, all quite close together, it was quite a good way to do it because you really can just take them as they are in the big mass of films they're in. But yeah, uh, Last Jedi and Rogue One, Empire Strikes Back, top three. Nice, man. Nice. Uh, James, do you have any particular rejoinder you would like to, to make to that list? No, not at all. Everyone can have their own Oh, rankings. no, no. I d- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know what rejoinder meant. <laughs> uh, I only learned a few days ago, so I wanted to use it. <laughs> um, no, I meant like... Um, like any sort of like response. I mean, I I I like that list a lot, actually. I think um, it's a fine list. I think it's I, very I do. Good. Yeah. I, um. Obviously, I I would have Jedi higher, but I totally agree that um, I'm not a big fan of Phantom Menace. Uh, for ruining Christmas morning all those years ago with my first <laughs> DVD shit, being the most boring Christmas <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, literally, I gave up to watch the <laughs> special features. <laughs> I can't bother with the actual movie. It's a nightmare. Um, but also, Re- uh, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, Return- Revenge? Sith? Revenge yeah, of the Sith, third yeah. Movie. Revenge of the Sith, yeah. It didn't do a great deal for me. Apart from, I did get into a Twitter debate this week with uh, the wonderful author, Sarah Moorhead, um, about uh, the scene where the younglings get massacred. <laughs> Because I just cannot find that funnier than it. It's, it's so out there. Is it like it's the bit where the character, like, it needed to happen for the character, I suppose, but you didn't have to do that. I, I love uh, Obi Wan Kenobi's reaction when he tells Padme about it, and he just turns his back to her, face the camera, and goes, "He killed the younglings." And then bites his finger, and he's like, "Oh come on, this is ridiculous." It sort of undermines his redemption at the end of uh, Return well, of does. the Jedi, doesn't it? Because yeah. it, it, when you watch that film the first time round, you didn't know that he'd murdered a load of kids when he was <laughs> coming of age. Like, <laughs> and now it's like, well, yeah, <gasps> just because he didn't let his birth son get killed by the Emperor at the end of yeah, Return of the still... Jedi, that doesn't wipe out. The dozens of children he massacred. <laughs> well, no, this is... I mean, we mustn't forget that he did fairly similar in um, uh, Attack of the Clones, didn't he? He went to the Sand People camp. Yeah. And then he came back and he said, I killed them all! The women and the children! And, you know, like, well, he's got form, but because they were Sand People... <laughs> Uh, it, it was it was good fun watching them all back again because they've all got so. I mean, I think 
they're all up until the Force Awakens. The acting's pretty shoddy and all, <laughs> but that's part of the charm of it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. all the new ones, like you can't question the sort of production value of no, them. They're no, insanely no. well-made movies. Like, yeah. really, really good. Rise of Skywalker is absolutely mess, but um, yeah, the others are, are really good. And then you have the Mandalorian, which is arguably as good as anything they've ever made. It's so it good. Is. I mean, it, I. If I was to put the ranking in there, it would be high up because it's oh, very, yeah. very good. Very yeah, good. makes me sick. It's so good that. Anyway, enough about Star Wars, Rob. What have you? But what have you been watching over Christmas? Um, I, well, my son discovered a movie that he really likes, so we've had to watch it on repeat all Christmas, and that is the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Oh, is um, it good? I watched it. Yeah, but I'm not. It's allowed. good. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. I, 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 no, I mean, I'm. To be honest, I've watched it so many times. That middle section, you know, before the kids get bored. Um, uh, so I've never seen the end. <laughs> but, but I would say I've watched the, the middle, the start and middle, 40 times um, to quotable, you know, like easily to quotable levels. And um, Carrie's absolutely loving it. He's brilliant. Uh, uh, but it's the fact that Marsden is so reliable in roles like these. I thought yeah. it really similar performance to Hop, you know, with uh, Russell Brand as the Easter films, Bunny. Doesn't he? he really does, yeah. <laughs> and I really like Hop as well. But he's having a whale of a time here. And it's so harmless. Um, they did a good thing changing away from that weirdo Sonic design they had, though. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. That, that would have been so yeah. odd. But, but no, I mean, let's face it. I mean, like... The Sonic franchise, okay, you know, for the people who are crying about, oh, it's not my Sonic that I grew up with. It's so ridiculous. It's not my Sonic. Sonic. (laughs) The Sonic Sonic that you grew up with is now owned by Nintendo. They're arch rivals. I mean, it's not like, even (laughs) Sonic doesn't own Sonic anymore. (laughs) So you can't really get that upset. That said, um, I thought there was loads of faithful stuff to the, you know, like the worlds they come from and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know he was raised by a flipping owl, but apparently he was. So <laughs> I don't know but, the lore of Sonic. I, just I don't know that's canon. Who does? Who does? <laughs> uh, is James Marsden now canon? Is he? It's funny, know. Uh, you know, because I've seen the first 40 minutes of Sonic, because yeah. uh, my son, who is the same age as yours, Rob, uh, he he wanted to watch it, and then we got halfway through and said, Dad, can we watch Paddington 2 instead? So I haven't seen the end yet. Oh, well, <laughs> he well, was not we... impressed. That's a thumbs down from... <laughs> <laughs> I love that, you know, a like, I love out. that we're bringing the next generation of FYR listeners through here. <laughs> FYR hosts, I suppose, through. Um, did, what was he, what, well, what were you thinking up to that point? I wasn't really paying attention, I've got to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got a bit distracted. Oh, dear. Well, you know, I'm, I'd like to see the end. Because um, just when it was all kicking off. Um, I got to and- the bit in the bar. That's where I got Oh, that to. was ace. No, just after that, a massive like car chase, Transformer style, gets really kicked <laughs> off. It's so, yeah, it's very cool. Um, but the bit in the bar was ace. Really enjoyed that. Um, like, what's wrong with it? <laughs> He's not going to like Roadhouse if that's what turned him off Sonic. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, right. Um, James, on watching tonight's film about... Um, people selected to enter a tournament of uh, hand-to-hand combat equaling death. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you uh, came up with a little quandary for us all to think about. Yeah, so um, obviously there's a fair amount of fisticuffs in tonight's film. So uh, which movie characters would you like to see face off and fight to the death? Um, I found this ridiculously hard. <laughs> <laughs> what, just too much choice? 
<laughs> well, too much choice. But who do I want to see? Because the 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 list, the, you know, the the risk here is that one of them will die. Yeah. So, um, but I think I've settled on one I'm happy with. But I'm I'm going to leave that to you know. Well, I've asked the question, so <laughs> oh, yeah, <it's laughs> I'm not going brilliant. first. <laughs> I I had answer. I had a, a couple of answers straight away. Did you? Yeah, because I was like. When you first said it, James, I was like, "Ooh, this is limitless. This could be absolutely anybody." But then I just stripped it down to the basics and went, "Who do I think would give the most entertaining fight?" Um, <laughs> so I went with uh, Rama from the Raid, played by Eko Uwais. Yes. Um, and then literally any character Tony Jar has played. Oh, so that's the winning. Take answer. your pick. That's take the your winning pick. answer. Oh, but yeah. we'll go for we'll go for Tingin on back. That's probably winning um, answer. That, yeah, yeah. Those that, big elbows to the head. Yeah, so many elbows <laughs> to the head. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. I mean, All the stunt doubles with the helmets on and the wig on the helmets. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, every time, anytime I see that film, you know, in passing on telly, it's like, right, we just watch it. And it's always that bit in the, in the, like the marketplace where they're running and it's just insane in On Back. Oh, yeah. Oh, I need on, to watch that. On yeah. Back is great movie. Insane. They're both insane movies they are, yeah, back they in are. the raid in terms of the martial arts on show like you know when you get like over time like the sort of what you know martial arts movies and you got your you bruce lee and then jet lee's and jackie chan's and you always had these people who sort of amped it up a little bit and sort of raised the bar and then tony jar did it when he brought mm. on back it was like oh fucking hell who's this guy and then when the raid come out you're like holy shit this is and it raised it again so yeah, yeah them two would be a great fight didn't uh, Tony Jar? He was tipped to be like the bit next big action star, wasn't he? And uh, he made Ong Bak and Warrior. Is it Warrior King, King? Yeah. as and then well? There was two Ong Bak sequels as well. Yeah, which he directed. And didn't he go AWOL in the jungle because he the did, pressure was yeah. too much on those yeah. sequels? And now he's making movies with Nick Cage. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, um, I I was so taken with Ong Bak and Warrior King that I I was so excited about Ong Bak too. Um, yeah. And just after it came out, I was in Thailand, so I managed to uh, buy a hokey copy of somebody on, you know, like a, a street vendor kind of DVD mm. person. They said they had, you know, I said, I went out and said, you know, I can see loads of stuff like Miss Congeniality 7, which was never made. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, like, do you have Ong Back 2? You know, um, and he didn't know what I was saying, because obviously it's been roughly translated. I don't, I don't know, but I found it and I took it back to the hotel room. I said to the lads, you guys enjoy the pool today. I'm going to watch On Back 2. Okay. So I pressed open on the DVD player in the suite, right? Uh, Sorry, suite. (laughs) In the hotel room. And out popped a deep. There was already a DVD in there. And it was a very rude one. Um, (laughs) it, It was not a very, you know, it had a very rude title. And a very rude picture on the front. So I I swapped it and put On Back 2 in. And then, you know, then watched On Back 2 and it was absolutely amazing. And then I thought after a while, like, I've been up here quite a long time. It's not a good look if one of the lads comes up and I'm watching On Back 2 and I've got another Rudy Doody DVD (laughs) on the bed next to me where I've left it. (laughs) So I best, you know, go downstairs. Anyway, um, but then I, you know, I left it in the DVD player in the hotel room. And then when we left at the end of the few days, I left it in. <laughs> oh, no. Opened the box and it was the porn DVD. <laughs> no, I didn't even put it. I left, I, I left them both in the hotel room in Thailand. 
And I know which one of those DVDs I was more upset about losing. <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely, uh, yeah, ridiculous. But anyway, yeah, you're right. In, um, during On Back 3, the filming for it, he had a, a breakdown of sorts and he had to run it. He didn't have to run into the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> That's he what he did, though. He did run into the jungle and um, went missing from the production. It was shaping up to be the best one yet as well. I mean, the second one, I don't know, it didn't, because of all his troubles, it didn't get much airtime over here at all. The second one is outstanding. The narrative mess of those two films, though, is something else. They're they're an absolute shambles. I've seen the second one. I remember being really disappointed because it was uh, was like an origin story of Mm. that Mm. type of martial art, wasn't it? Mm. Whereas the first one was so contemporary and vibrant. Yeah, yeah. It was it was not gonna be for everyone. Yeah, the origins of the elbow head move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how how far through history can we do this? <laughs> so Sai, who do you think would win in that epic matchup? Uh I'd I oh, I really don't know. I think it'll be a very long fight. <laughs> <laughs> Come back four hours later. Oh, still at it. Still at it. <laughs> the, the steady cam operator is on his knees like ah, Please finish. Someone kill the other. Uh, um, Right. I'm going to say, for my money, I really want to see a fight between the Bigfoot from (laughs) the Sam Elliott movie and the Bigfoot from Abominable. Bigfoot showdown. (laughs) I should have known. I should have known. Oh, my God. Want them two to go toe to toe because one's a dead wiry Bigfoot who goes the hard yards, and the other one's like your standard Bigfoot. He'll snap you up and whatever. So I, it could go either way. Can we please? <laughs> can we please come up with an elevator pitch for that asylum film production thing called Bigfoot Showdown? And then <laughs> copyright. You've got a movie here. We could get a movie with that. Bigfoot Showdown. Of course Showdown. we could. Imagine, it's Mortal Kombat, but with Bigfoots. That's it. That's it. Um, aside, aside from that, which uh, you know is frankly what I'm lying awake at night thinking about when I go to bed, um, I really want to see two of my icons go toe to toe. I want to see Seagal and Van Damme head to head because they never did, and I would like to see Chance Boudreau fight Casey Ryback. Nice, good. The fight the good, gorgeous hairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that would be the fight that the fans would want to see, actually. Boudreau would kick the fuck out of him. He would like, be over so quick. Like that, yeah. that Aikido or whatever the hell Seagal does. It won't stand a chance when he's got when he's got crisp Tim's crushing into his fat face. <laughs> roundhouse kick. You won't see the roundhouse kick coming. Yeah, uh, block honestly, this. I, when, when, when you mentioned this, James, I thought what would be the first moment of this fight? It'd be like, well, it would be in the kitchens on the, on the boat in under siege, the HMS. Oh, he's at home. He's at home on home yeah, soil. Yeah, so a home, <laughs> home thing for Casey Ryback, and um. Um, Chance Boudreau would say, "A pigeon," and boot uh, with a fresh tin, boot a big pan of bouillabaisse all over, <laughs> all over Ryback's face, <laughs> and then pile in and stick a grenade down his slacks, his chef slacks, <laughs> and sink the boat in the process. <laughs> yes, yeah. and then you know somersault off it, obviously. Lovely. Uh, what about you, James? Uh, well, I thought what I'd quite like to see, and this was based on, um, you know how Sly Stallone likes to talk about sequels to his movies that never happen? Mm. And after uh, Rambo, not the not the last one that just came out, Last Blood, where uh, I think it was called just John Rambo or Rambo, the insanely violent one that was in Burma. Yeah, Rambo. They were to- 
Yeah, yeah, they were talking about uh, doing another sequel, and he was talking about it maybe having more of a sci-fi edge where he hunted a beast, basically, through uh, <laughs> in a forest. So I just went, Rambo versus Predator, let's go. Oh, yes! <laughs> yes! Yes! Because it'd be great to see Sly take on one of Arnie's uh, nemesis, see how yeah. he gets on, both good survivalists, both a bit handy in the woods, uh, I think in the end, Predator would win just because of a massive height difference. And that's, gonna <laughs> that's gonna be crucial. And and because he didn't get a high five from a jacked up Carl Weathers beforehand. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The uh, absolutely. And uh, just in terms of just a silly one, an FYR based one, uh, I'd like to see the Riddler and Two Face <laughs> from Batman Forever face off just because there's real life animosity between Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey. Tommy Lee Jones would not pull his punches. No. <laughs> He'd get him on the floor and just keep hitting him and hitting him. <laughs> I cannot sanction this. <laughs> I think so on, all I'm going to think about when I go to bed tonight is all these suggestions. FYR so Smackdown. Yeah. There's a video game there. There's a movie adaptation. There's even a Netflix series. Any of you people listening, if you can make it happen, we'll let you know. job. With some lovely little brown envelopes, are we, please? <laughs> so that implies we're, we're open to bribery. We're not. Um, Wait, well, speak for yourself. <laughs> We're still open for sponsorship. If anyone wants to throw us a brown envelope of, I don't know, beer or, you know, anything, we'll, we'll do it. Uh, anyway, onward with the show. Um, Sai, it was your pick tonight. Oh, it was. Uh, ringing in the new year, just as it should be done. Um, shall I go with the logline? Should we kick off? Oh, please oh, do. Yeah. When Earthrealm is threatened by the sinister Emperor of Outworld, three extremely good-looking warriors with exceptional hair must work together in a deadly fighting tournament to defeat the evil sorcerer Shang Tsung and protect Earth from an impending invasion. This is, of course, uh, Paul W.S. Anderson's, not Paul Thomas Anderson's, uh, 1995 <laughs> video game smash hit Mortal Kombat. Combat spelt with a K. The K is is extremely important. <laughs> of us, there burns the fury of a warrior. In every generation, a few are chosen to prove it. One of you three will decide the outcome of the tournament. Three strangers will travel to the mystical realm of Outworld to defend our people against Shang Tsung. You will and his forces of darkness. In an ancient tournament, one more victory. Your soul is mine. And our world is theirs. It has begun. Don't need to 
That was a good impression. It really was. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a, a soundboard, James? <laughs> I'd like that as my message to him. It's a fight. Fight. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Simon, what is it about Mortal Kombat that made you think that uh, it was ripe for the FYR treatment? Everything. Um, <laughs> you know, like, like most young lads in the 90s, um, and I guess anyone who was into video games in the 90s, I was just massively enamoured by the phenomenon that was Mortal Kombat. Not, not necessarily because the game was particularly good. I think I preferred Street Fighter in terms of the actual game. But just you just can't question the massive impact it had, not just on vid- the video game industry, but like on pop culture in general. Like it, it was, they were talking about it in Congress and stuff. Like it was so controversial and so, mm. and with that controversy became insanely wildly popular with loads of young, long loads of young lads basically mainly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when you're young and you're into video games and. At that age, you kind of like martial arts action films. Or, I know I was, and I, I know you were as well, um, Rob. Mm. And then so any film game crossover is always on your radar, and it's always a huge deal. And Mortal Kombat was no different for me when it came out. So it was like, it was a video shop rental um, initially. Didn't go to the cinema. I don't know what certificate it was. Was, was it a PG-13? So 15 in a this 15 country. Over here? It was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so too young to go to cinema because I think I was nine when it came out, <laughs> something like that. Um, and then my brother and I eventually bought it on VHS, where we just absolutely rinsed it, like just watched it all the time. And for me, like you know, it does genuinely remains like one of the one of only maybe two video game adaptations worth any salt. I think. Um, so yeah, the other being Silent Hill. If you're interested in the other, oh, I was interested. Interesting. It always makes you worry when they say, uh, "Well, when you hear the expression video game adaptation, it's like, nah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't get really excited with that." But um, James, what's your relationship with Mortal Kombat? It's uh, similar to Simon. So uh, many an afternoon was spent around at a friend's house. Uh, I didn't have Mortal Kombat on my Mega Drive, but a friend did. And we'd just spend hours and hours playing it on the Mega Drive. And what we'd do is we weren't very good at doing the fatality moves. So what we'd do is we'd play the game on super hard, intentionally get leathered by the computer just so we'd do the fatalities. <laughs> it's like, oh, gross, he just pulled his spine out through his ass, Like, wow. <laughs> And then um, I saw this film on video and thought it was the best thing ever as an adolescent boy. And then that same friend, his mum took us to the cinema to see the sequel when that came out a couple (laughs) of years later. And we were still too young to get in. I think that came out in... 97, but she sort of vouched for us and they couldn't be bothered arguing at the ticket office. <laughs> and I always think back to that poor mother who was like, she'd been at work all week and she had to spend a Saturday afternoon watching what is quite frankly an absolutely appalling it's film that even Christopher <laughs> Lambert wouldn't come back for. Like, yeah. They had to recast Raiden for the second one and everything. Um, so yeah, that was my relationship with the film. So I was so happy when Simon said he was going to pick this one because I want to see how my adolescent mind mm. <laughs> links up with my now middle-aged mind and see if they, <laughs> if they can find a happy medium. Yeah. I haven't seen it for years, you know, since pick. I think that's probably why I picked it as well. Cause it was just an excuse to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I, yeah, I, I'm not dissimilar to any of these things that you're saying here, fellas. Um, I think slightly. I don't. I, I didn't play Mortal Kombat very much as a young person because um, it was hard enough to try and persuade mum and dad to let me have Street Fighter, yeah. and I knew that Mortal Kombat was another level of violence on Street Fighter. You know, with its bloodshed and the fatalities and all that kind of stuff. You didn't really have that with Street Fighter. It was just you got battered and fell over. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So um, I didn't even dare ask mum and dad whether I could have Mortal Kombat. Um, And I was happy with Street Fighter because I really liked the array of characters. The thing with Mortal Kombat that I always found, and we'll arguably find later in the film, is that um, if you have the same outfit on certain characters and just change the colour, you're not really trying very hard, are you? <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah. Uh, so no, I uh, so I was more of a Street Fighter guy, definitely. But um, no, and then and then when the film came out, um, I was really interested to see the film because obviously, like some of the things, the expressions like fight and um, fatality and stuff, they're, Flawless they're like victory. Yeah, they're they're such pop culture like buzzwords. Because of Mortal Kombat and its influence. Um, so I was not dull to that at all. But when I saw the trailer, I thought, wow, it really is like the video game with mm-hmm. um, the Shang Tsung. I mean, we will talk about Shang Tsung and <laughs> flipping out. Um, yeah, uh, Kari Hiroyuku Tagawa. Um, welcome back to the podcast, sir. You absolute <laughs> flipping legend. So, yeah, I, it was more of a just like a, a, an, an affection rather than a love. And a long-standing affection. So it was great to, when you picked it. I hadn't seen it in possibly 15 years, Sai, when you mentioned mm. it. Um, but when you mentioned it, we have to go through the usual rigmarole of establishing qualification. James, budget and box office, how are we doing? Okay, so Mortal Kombat opened on August 18th, 1995, and was number one at the US box office for the weekend with $23.2 million. The film enjoyed a three-week stint at number one, grossed wow. seventy million in the USA, and earned an estimated one hundred and twenty-two million worldwide, against a budget of twenty million. So it was oh, a wow. big old hit. That's Jackpot. a hit! Boom! Absolutely, That's ten, t- ten times budget. Yeah, incredible. Putting those two together, that's incredible. Uh, so the film so far sits as the seventh highest-grossing video game adaptation ever released in the US. So, boys, do you think you could have a stab at sort of, uh, the six films that are in front of it? I'm interested what the that is I, down in yeah. seventh, to be honest. We're really surprised. Um, Tomb Raider's got to be up there, the Angelina Jolie one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, La- Lara Croft Tomb Raider is on yeah. there, yes. And and what about the Tomb Raider with um, Vikander? No, that's not there. Is it not there? No, no. Is um, Are both Jolie ones there? or just No, the just one. one. Oh, wow. Yeah. One well, has I'm... already been mentioned on this on this podcast. Oh, Silent Hill. Silent Hill. No. Wow. Wow. Doom with Dwayne Johnson. Enjoy, uh, a blue small fella. Oh, Sonic the Hedgehog, of course. Yeah. Oh, seriously? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What Obviously. an idiot who doesn't mention that. <laughs> uh, Mario Bomb, though. Because I, I, when I see video game adaptations, I'm always, I just assume that they are bombed. <laughs> <laughs> what? So there's, so there's six more successful. Yeah, the Mortal Kombat. Two yeah. of which we've mentioned than Mortal Kombat. That's incredible. In terms of overall gross, I think. Well, yeah. Well, what about? I mean, did people go and see Street Fighter based on its? 
you know. No, no, that's not on this list. Uh, It's not on the list either. We've got Sonic the Hedgehog, which has been mentioned. Detective Pikachu from a few years ago. (laughs) A few years ago. It was like two years ago. It feels like a decade ago. (laughs) Uh, Lara Croft Tomb Raider. The Angry Birds movie. (laughs) I forgot about that. It's ridiculous because I don't. If it's on, a, if it's a mobile game, I don't count that. But, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a console. We'll give over. Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time. Uh, I saw that. I in don't the cinema. mind that. I don't mind. <laughs> I thought that. it was okay. Is it well. good? It's all right. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, nice. like why them two are casting it? But I do love Jake Gyllenhaal's Cockney accent. <laughs> oh, I'm the Prince yeah. of Persia. And if you're talking about <laughs> outstanding hair as well, incredible. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's absolutely <laughs> jacked in that as well. Yeah. <laughs> And the other one is another Pokemon uh, film, Pokemon the first movie. I always associated Pokemon with being a TV series rather than a video game, but apparently that's it's a video game ad- adaptation. No idea. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have thought the, the Pokemon ones are, but I mean, I guess they are big games as well. I don't know what comes first, though. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, it's insanely popular. Isn't it? So yeah, very successful film from a financial standpoint. Cool. I'm. I'm. Was I was looking forward to hearing how much it cost because, um, yeah, there's definitely elements that suggest it's a cheap one. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what Mortal Kombat? Yeah, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Well, there's a few fights that happened in the same set, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's a little bit of substandard CGI as well. <laughs> <laughs> it was 95, Rob. They're allowed to have the CGI. That's the I thing. Know. It's that long ago now, and CGI's come that far. I can't remember what was classed as good back in 1995. <laughs> oh, no, no. And, and, what, and was, as... what was shonky at the time, <laughs> and what is actually um, just yeah. aged poorly. As we'll discuss as well, Like I think actually shonky CGI helps this film. <laughs> Gives it a charm, yeah. Yeah, that's a good thing. Um, lovely stuff. So we know that. Well, Mortal Kombat um, banked it. What about critical reception? Sorry. You would assume that it, it didn't go down well with the critics. Um, they didn't actually get a uh, screening of this before prior to release, so maybe they were just bitter about that. That's why they were so <laughs> negative. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm no. <laughs> it's kind of middle of the road. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 48%. Um, 57% audience. I thought it'd be higher than that. Uh, but it's a lot better on Metacritic, where it's got 58 for the critical and 8.3 for the audience so a nice big fat one there Ooh, yeah but yeah generally critics were just a bit like meh on it um laura evenson reviewed this for the san francisco chronicle rather than the main man mick mick lasell peace mick love you man she was not kind uh she only gave it one star and said uh the movie has everything a teenage boy could want everything that is, but an interesting plot, decent dialogue, and compelling acting. Um, I mean, I don't know what martial arts movies you watch to where they've got good plots, decent dialogue, and compelling acting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it went all. Kim Newman in Empire gave it three out of five and said um, Paul Anderson does a good job of edging humour into dumbness. Uh, Lambert gives a few witty looks, and the art direction and effects are okay. <laughs> so he was very, <laughs> oh, uh, nice. very not 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 overly nice to it, but um, you know, better than completely negative. Um, but on Letterboxd, uh, only two point six, so slap down, bang in the middle. Um, and I will leave uh, this section of the reviews with a review by Wood, who gave it four stars, and said. Would have been a five-star film if Paul W.S. Anderson was brave enough to show Goro's dick. 
If they'd have gone for the R rating, they could have. This is it. <laughs> such a missed opportunity. Can I just ask? Was it? I mean, did they do that in the in the game? <laughs> they could what, have show his him. dick. I don't. I yeah. don't think so. It's one of the fatalities. You pulled it off and threw it at him. <laughs> <laughs> what his own his own phallus? He ripped off. Used as a <laughs> as a nunchuck. <laughs> <sighs> Well, I mean, <laughs> goodness me. Um, so, yeah, we've mentioned that um, Paul W.S. Anderson is uh, in charge of this one. I have a confession to make regarding Paul W.S. Anderson. <laughs> you know how you said earlier, Si, in your intro that uh, Paul W.S. Anderson, not P.T. Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> For it, till, till an age that I'm not completely... Uh, comfortable revealing on this. I genuinely <laughs> thought they were the same person. Same person. <laughs> Imagine if this was PTA's first Hollywood movie was Mortal Kombat. <laughs> and then he followed it up with Boogie Nights, then did Event Horizon. Oh, and... <laughs> what and <a> range! <laughs> Honestly, I think I was at film school like talking to people. It's just like, oh, he's just such a great auteur because he can do the auteur thing and then he can go back and do something really commercial like Event Horizon. <laughs> Or Resident Evil, and it's like it's like whoever I was talking to was like they had a funny look on their face, and I was just like, oh, you obviously don't know the work of Paul W.S. Anderson, <laughs> the brilliant Paul Anderson, <laughs> Hollywood's one and only Paul Anderson. <laughs> do you think that's why they both adapted the middle initials? They to had to, it, didn't they? Sure, oh, they must yeah. have. Must because have. on the because uh, <laughs> when it comes up directed by at the end of this film, it says Paul Anderson, so does, they obviously yeah. had to put their own put their initials in once there was two. <laughs> There was two hot shots on the block <laughs> with the same name. Like, the, Paul W.S. Anderson was rocking around Hollywood, like riding the coattails of PTA. Like, oh, we'll give him the job. He's he's got great films. <laughs> People coming up to him, congratulations on the great buzz with Boogie Nights. <laughs> Thank you. Burt Reynolds has never been better. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, will Burt Reynolds be in your next movie? Yeah? Mortal Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> but this, this was his first Hollywood film, wasn't it? Because he's it a was, British yeah. director, yeah. and he'd done um, he'd done that film with Jude Law and Sadie Frost. Um, Shopping was it called? Yeah, and that was his. And yeah, they they took a punt on him, didn't they? They did, Jane. Yeah. I love that he had a bit of moderate success with an independent British film. It was just like, right, there's an IP here. Do you want it? Yes, I'm selling out immediately. <laughs> Bob, <Bobby, laughs> yeah. give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Superb. Um, well, the question was like, where do you know uh, Paul W. S. Anderson from? But we've covered that. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know where he. But yeah. <laughs> attributing work to him that did, that wasn't his. He was just one of the most flexible, rangy directors of all time. <laughs> if that was actually true, head. he would be the greatest director of all time, wouldn't he? Because he's got such range. <laughs> <laughs> one week he can be throwing out schlock like nobody's business. And then he could be changing the face of cinema with Magnolia. Oh. That, I, that I've never seen all the way through, just so we know. Um, should we get into the film? Yes. Yes. It doesn't take as long to get into the film, um, and I actually counted it, 0.3 seconds, before you're assaulted with the incredible theme. Oh, my God. It's not even, It's like they put it over the New Line logo. So it's yeah. Just like, ba, 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 can't ba, ba, wait for this. <laughs> 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 Mortal Kombat! <laughs> 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 it's 
punch in the cinema. In the cinema, I would have turded seriously. It is if I'd have seen this. They knew it was a banger straight away because I think they needle drop it four times throughout (laughs) the movie. (laughs) Is this a lull? Is this a lull? Can the score bring back in the (laughs) bring back in the techno stuff? Get it in. It's a massive tune, to be honest. Like it is a massive tune. No wonder. I mean, we mentioned it before, but no wonder the soundtrack was. Platinum for two weeks, or so. I, I said a stat earlier. Please refer to that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it <laughs> went. Pl- it went platinum after three weeks, and it's got to be on the strength of that one song because oh, yeah. everyone was. I mean, obviously, you didn't have iPods and things like that back then, but everyone would be cranking that on their Walkman or their boombox. I think we've su- we've sung it four times on this podcast yeah, without yeah, referencing yeah, yeah. the actual film. So. It's that, yeah, it's that much of a banger. It really is. It's about time we did the movie because we're constantly referencing it and specifically it, yeah, referencing the, it's, it's only fair. the song. Um, I can't, I, I'd love to remember what happens at the beginning because, but my note here just says it, Stamp on the Back of the Head by Our Mate. What happens? <laughs> well, this is the opening scene with, um, with Shang Tsung. Um, oh, yes. Played it is. by uh, Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa, as you mentioned, Rob. Oh. Um, who's the star of the film for me yeah he is he is I, I love this man so much far and away the best actor in the film as well <clears throat> oh yeah totally and and uh this is it's him and, and Lu Kang's brother so uh he he, he murders yeah murders Lu Kang's brother <laughs> <laughs> um and you've got the you know the 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 iconic uh, your soul is my your brother's soul is mine oh it's so good nice impression by the way yeah, Lovely. and it's a just a it's a tone setter, isn't it? You know, you know, it's a bit cheese. Uh, you've got some really dodge effects going on. Mm. Uh, you've got this martial arts sort of setting. Sorry, this like Eastern setting, and I'm like, I, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in straight away. I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, regardless, you're enjoying this. It's just I'm enjoying what I'm watching. Mm. It's not, you know, I'm I'm just enjoying it. I think because immediately as well, it's so well on point to what the game is it's got yeah. you know similar settings to what the sort of stages were in the game they have changed the appearance of the character of Shang Tsung but for the better because in the game he's just a cranky old man and then I think they <laughs> retcon that for the game based mm. on this which they did a, a, another character as well in it um, they did a lot by the time we get to Mortal Kombat 11 I think they've got um, Sonya Blade is being voiced by Bridget Wilson Sampras again yeah yeah, it definitely seems like um, it was well received by the game's creators, and they, it yeah. really did become a part of the Mortal Kombat universe, and wasn't something which embarrassed it, like say Street Fighter did or Mario did. Yeah, um, on those adaptations, yeah. because I think the benefit of getting someone like Paul Anderson, who admitted he liked the game and was into video games and knew what it was about, yeah, is you're going to get a faithful adaptation. You're not going to get. I remember um, when the, this Uncharted movie, when it was first floating about, and it was David O. Russell was going to do it, and he came out and said, you know, he'd cast Wahlberg and De Niro in it and said, oh, the game's about family and thing, And it's like, no, it isn't. It's about <laughs> so, fucking hanging off stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, maybe it did need someone who was, you know, a, a, a sort of filmmaker, you know, eager to do it rather than a seasoned veteran filmmaker who would have Mm. made sense of it and put it in a film world and just went with it and just went this is ridiculous let's just go with it and this is what we're gonna do and for the most part it's adapted really well to the game yeah yeah i I mean whatever you say about this film whether you you know whether you think it's good or not it is a faithful adaptation 
of that video game, 100%. Mm. Yeah. Um, and in uh, the main thing of that is the main character being Liu Kang, um, yep. who's is sort of been, he's sort of destined to save the world, basically. Yeah. And he's the big hero of the film, along with, uh, so yeah, so Liu Kang played by Robin Shu, we should say. Um, and then, um, yeah, he's there destined to save the world with the two other big characters from the game, Johnny Cage played by Lyndon Ashby and Sonya played, I would say Sonya, but uh, <laughs> Sonya. Played, so, yeah. uh, played by Bridget Wilson Sampras, um, and they're the sort of three heroes who are who are going to save the save the world. Yeah, they're sort of um, added in there for reasons I don't really know. By Kitana, who's played by um, Talisa Soto, mm, um, yeah. who is Princess Kitana. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So we we from this dream at the start, we were introduced to Liu Kang, who wakes up with his in his gorgeous brutalist apartment bathed in green light the lighting in this opening half hour is just obscene it's so <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's, he it's loves so his good. gels it's just yeah. like get, get, a, get a gel on that get a gel on that red, red box oh, yeah. make it green um, it's just whose apartment looks like that I love it I absolutely love it um, he's a bit of a hipster because he's got a bike fastened to the wall <laughs> Pat Sharp hair is immaculate as soon as he wakes up <laughs> The hair is brilliant. Have you seen a picture of him without where, where the hair is like controlled and tied back? Oh, is he yeah, gorgeous? Yeah, badass. He's incredibly good looking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no messing around with the story on this. They just want to get to the fisticuff straight away. Ooh, so yeah. the expositional uh, telegram he's got from his grandfather, which is the most bluntest thing in the world, where it just says, To Liu Kang, brother dead, come home. <laughs> grandfather. <laughs> And then he's like, there you go. That's oh, true. Straight. It's amazing. It's the, be- it's the best delivery of a relative's death I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, like that's, you know, people have a problem with the plot. How? <laughs> the motivations are all there in six words. How have you got a problem with this? Yeah. <laughs> so Luke Kang, he's obviously right. Shang Tsung killed my brother. That's his motivation. And then are we straight in with Sonya? Sonya yeah, Blade? Straight. It's yeah, so yeah. fast, like what straight goes on. It, what goes on. So straight into Sonya. She's a special ops agent um, in pursuit of Kano. Yeah. Uh, who is who was one of the bad dudes. Um, it's Hong Kong, I think. So they, they sort of raid some club in Hong Kong. Um, but I, this <laughs> this scene is so crap. You know, like <laughs> when like uh, the, the the nightclub scene in Blade is like yeah, the yeah. sort of peak of oh, yeah, good yeah, yeah. action scene in a nightclub. This is like the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, the shot was in like room. twenty minutes. So like. Just, it's like we just need to, we're here for, we're here for half a day, guys. Let's in and out. Just, just <laughs> stick a gel on it. Let's go. <laughs> but yeah, and uh, Kano. So she's after Kano. Who's by Trevor Goddard, who I think mm. brilliant in this. Yeah, yeah. He is, well. yeah. And he I is. mentioned before about things that had been retconned in the game for the film, and this is one of them. So. Trevor Goddard played it as an Australian dude for some reason, and uh, the create the creators really loved it. So that that's what they turned his story into in the games that he was this oh, see, Australian mercenary. See, I love this. There's so many of these stories about the Mortal Kombat universe that this movie informed the yeah, universe. Yeah, yeah, loads. So Sonya's annoyed with Kano, isn't she? Because he killed her. He killed her partner. Yes, and for some reason, Shang Tsung wants him. Wants her in the tournament, which doesn't seem to suit his agenda later in the film. But 
whatever. It's fine. I think, just, I, I think honestly, I think he just wants to be forever macking with, um, with Bridget He wants tickets to Wimbledon, doesn't he? <laughs> he really does. He really does. Um, and then the the to make up the trio, uh, we then fly over to Hollywood on the on the set on the film set um, to For Mr. A, Johnny Cage. Uh, mate, I I was reading that um, Van Damme was the inspiration for the character of Cage. Yeah. Yes. And he turned it down to play Guile in Street Fighter. <sighs> what an error. Such what a bad, error. bad move. But Johnny Cage isn't the lead of this movie, which is why he will have turned it down. Most probably. Do you think? Yeah, yeah probably, yeah. Most yeah, probably. It, which was ridiculous. One of the ridiculous things of Street Fighter is how they made Guile the lead because um, he's not the main... Jesse Street, Street Fighter. Um but yeah, John, Johnny Cage. I, I do love this scene. So it's uh, he has a fight, doesn't he, in an airport hangar with some with some suited goons. <laughs> yeah. And then it's revealed that it's a film. Yeah. And he's had enough of it, and he just walks off set. And the the director's just like some Spielberg lookalike. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. The lookalike is ab- it's, it's it's absurd so to the point of offensive. <laughs> I read some I read some trivia on the IMDb that Steven Spielberg liked the game Mortal Kombat so much that that was actually he was going to do that cameo in the movie, oh. and but then he couldn't do it for some scheduling conflict. And so they just got some guy and dressed him to look like I'm, Steven Spielberg. It's just such a like little tiny little reference that's hilarious <laughs> like, it is really so good. much like um, can i make a um, an admission at this point because um i uh, had a problem right away with linda nashby as johnny cage <gasps> here <gasps> i loved him i when i was younger i loved linda nashby as johnny cage but please do yeah. go on please please no please no go. i think um there is a redemptive arc here as all great stories have <laughs> um but um i was uh, my notes of this fight because I didn't know it was a movie fight as in like a movie within a movie I'm like well I don't buy Johnny Cage's hard in anywhere so I was being a very snooty I should have done it in the voice I don't buy Johnny Cage's hard look at all that wire work yeah so I, I will... Sorry, but that's why it works, Rob, because that's his motivation for the film. Exactly. No one exactly. believes Johnny yeah. Cage is, is a legit uh, martial artist. Oh, I stand humbled and corrected. But I mean, and, and by the end of the movie, I'll put it right out there right now. Um, I loved him by the end. I really <laughs> I think loved he, him by the end. Because he's a bit of a douchebag, isn't he? Too? He's oh, the yeah, comic relief, yeah. But he, yeah. Knows, he knows it and he's, he's nice with it. And he's caring to... Sonya Blade, because obviously he also wants to be forever American. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so um, his involvement in the tournament is from... Um, who is he supposed to be? Like his old trainer or something? Yeah, yeah. Who's, uh, who's gone to visit him at the film set and he, he lets him know about this tournament and says, oh, you can prove yourself because everyone doubts that you're legit. They all think you're, you're it's fake and that you stunt doubles and blah, blah, blah. So prove yourself at this tournament. And then it turns out it wasn't his old master after all. It no. was that pesky sorcerer Shang Tsung. Sneaky um, shit Shang Tsung. Which no. I think for this, because this is one of the, the first sort of effects you see, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. This is probably where all the effects budget went, because it's pretty good, this bit where we... <laughs> 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 it's really yeah. good. 
There are a few moments where the effects are really good, especially the the transformation scenes of Shang Tsung. I think are always really good. Yeah, he, he, um, they're, they're, like with Chan later good. on, I think they're really good. Yeah, um, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. I think it helps though when you've got like one of the subjects has got a face as epic as as uh, Kari Hiroyuki Tagawa. Yes, his he he loves the the old he loves to flare his nostrils and and point his eyebrows and he, he's a he's just. So good in this film, just perfect as the little dastardly villain. He's just. Have you guys ever seen a film called um, Showdown in Little Tokyo? No. Is that Brandon Lee? It is. It is, but I have seen it. I can't remember. I have definitely seen it. Well, uh, because the 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 villain of the whole movie is Tagawa. Is it? Does he fight in that as well? Uh, Oh yeah, but he is. He's a mob boss. He's like a triad boss in that, and it's just outrageously good. Um, That might be. Coming to a certain podcast for unloved movies. Similar era? Is it, is it like early 90s? Yeah, yeah, late 80s, early, early 90s. 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dolph Lundgren. Oh, is it? Oh, Lovely. Wow. Oh, I have seen it. I think I have seen it. Yeah. You have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man. That's that- it! <laughs> <laughs> Did I make you guys watch this like when we were hanging out once? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. That was probably in the in the DVD wallet for the Spain trips. I'm sure it must. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yes, and Dolph Lundgren, did along with that to. weird one that you'd brought back from Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm back too. So yeah, so yeah, we're, we've yeah. got our we've got our trio of heroes, um, and then this is where we get uh, introduced to <laughs> Earthrealm's protector. Who's supposed to be a Japanese demigod, played by Frenchman Christopher Lambert? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, welcome back to the podcast, Christopher Lambert. Oh, um, he is without question the biggest name on the in yeah. the movie, isn't he? He's, he's the most he famous is, person. He he's just having fun with this, isn't he? he is, yeah. <laughs> with his gorgeous voice, his little gruff voice, needing some strepsils. <laughs> Do you know who they wanted for Raiden to begin with? Uh, oh no, who who did who did they want for? It's a co-star of Christopher Lambert's in one of his other films. Uh, Connery, Connery, yes. yeah. Oh. Imagine Sean Connery doing this. And apparently, his excuse was he couldn't be asked to do a physical role. He just wanted to play golf, so he did. <laughs> That's why he didn't take it. What a legend. So the money must have been right. He was just like, oh, there's too much messing about. I can't be bothered. Like, um, forgive me. I, I've said, welcome back to the podcast, Christopher Lambert, but we've never had him on, have we? Yeah, I know. I was looking at you like, I don't know what... Do you know what I've done? I've done? I've done that that thing where I've mixed him up with... I've mixed him up again with Thomas Jane, his lookalike. He does look <laughs> like just... Thomas Jane, though. He does look like <laughs> And with his gorgeous grey hair in this one, he looks like oh, his dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, Roy Scheider? <laughs> Battered leather Roy Scheider? <laughs> I love the idea that Roy Scheider got the Punisher, found out it was shooting in the Florida Keys, and just went there for three weeks before I baked. <laughs> There's no way the director wanted him to be that tanned. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you buy a new sofa? <laughs> I just, I really wanted the the texture and shade of Roy Scheider in, in The Punisher in 2004. <laughs> I think they have that on the Dulux paint wall, you know, when you go in there. <laughs> Scheider 07. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's just a few shades darker than Sequest DSV Shiner. <laughs> just a touch off rum seal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a shade lighter than pure creosote. Oh, oh dear. Right, so we got everyone's on the dragon boat. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this is where Raiden gets all all his heroes on board. So this is where the plot is, isn't it? Just explained on the boat while yeah. we're going to this island. Yep. There's this place called Alter World who have been having this tournament every thirty years with Earth Realm, and if they win ten in a row, they get to invade. Earth realm, they've won the last nine, so this is the last chance Earth can stop this and save the world. So they've got Raiden's got these three um, people. I mean, I'm sure there would have been better options uh, <laughs> in the whole world, but we'll roll with this. It's good. Um, I, <laughs> uh, and and then Shang Tsung's on it with his lovely hair. He's got lovely hair as well. He really does. And then we get. All the characters start piling in now. So we get the two big hitters sort of synonymous with Mortal Kombat, Scorpion and Sub-Zero. And this is the only bit what's kind of different to the game because in the game, they're sort of mortal enemies. Yeah. And mm. Sub-Zero's kind of good and Scorpion's bad. But that's all done away with one line of dialogue where Shang Tsung says like, normally they really hate each other, but they're under my spell, so they work for me now. <laughs> like, Plotting. Yes. Plotting. <laughs> So that we've got that sorted, so that's done. Um, just expositional dialogue. I just love this whole scene. Is that's because again, they just want to get to the fighting. They just don't want yeah. any. They have, any... yeah. And we're th- we should say we're like thirty-five minutes in yet, and there's not been a proper dust no. up. Yes, this is all the boring, boring stories. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still on board with it. I love the production design of everything. Um, yeah, I do like where you can see the joins in the sets and how. It's a yep. bit budget, but that's what I really like about it. Like, Me too. Yeah, they're just about getting away with it. Oh. They're just about getting away with it. You can tell it's a director kind of blagging it, which I think's pretty yeah. good. And it, yeah, it's all it's all charming. The effects are a bit dodgy, but I think that that adds to it. I think we there was a film we covered where we said this the dodgy CGI added to it. Added yeah, to the its relic. Charms. The relic. Yeah. 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 And I think this is in that ballpark rather than a, Definitely. it just looks proper shit. Because I, I imagine it didn't look great for the time, to be honest. No. It was just sort of yeah. the, the in thing to do. And yeah, and then we, we sort of get to the island and it's Enter the Dragon time. It basically. is, yeah. yeah. It's a tournament whose format I cannot understand for the life of me. Like, <laughs> Liu Kang has about four fights, Sonya Blade has one, Johnny Cage has two fights, People can challenge each other left, right, and centre. What is it? Is it round robin? Is it winner stays <laughs> on? Is it? <laughs> they, they need some geezer in the pub, like in Quick and the Dead, who's got a big chalkboard. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or just a big like tournament ladder, on you know, carved into wood on the side of the beach or yeah. something like. That. Lovely yeah, wall yeah, chart yeah. that you can put on your bedroom. Oh, <laughs> Get in the yeah. paper. You got yeah. in the Sunday paper. Ball <laughs> <laughs> combat. Yeah. Because <laughs> Liu Kang has about seventeen fights in this, but. Sonya Blade only has one, but they're both there at the final, come the end, spoilers. Uh, <laughs> I think it's basically just Shang Tsung makes it up as he goes along, isn't it? Yeah, That's I mean, it pretty seems much that way. It seems like fight, if fight. your team's won nine, you can do whatever you like, really, Yeah. to yeah. try and eke out that tenth. Um, I don't know. I mean, um, I still love by the time that they've gone on a ma- magical boat, wherever they're going... Um, you've still got you know, scepticism. So Cage gets off the boat with his Louis Vuittons and falls in. 
And, you know, he's upset about it. He's trying to drag all these suitcases up. And... Ah. I mean, <laughs> I enjoy all this. And look, it, it, you know, this... Um... The location is ace. Do you know what it reminded me of when they landed? Was the man with the golden gun, the bomb truck? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, like, uh, nods to film. Like, Enter the Dragon. It's a massive, massive homage to Enter the Dragon. Yes. Yeah. Isolated island somewhere. Um, a tournament, a fighting tournament. You know, fights on sandy beaches. That's all great. And I think as soon as we get to this location, which is, is yeah. in Thailand they shot it, yeah, it just looks amazing. Like it all does, this yeah, location yeah. stuff. Really, this does. is where it's pretty. Like, they get the details right of the game, and they got all that. And I think that's where it makes up for the shortcomings. Is the sort of effort in the detail makes up for the little crappy budget things, and you know the the acting. I don't mind the acting's a bit crap, to be honest. I think that, <laughs> yeah, okay. it's a it's okay. a film based on a game where people beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, yeah. as if yeah. someone like. Marlon Brando is going to rock up and do this. You know? They might have been able to get him in the 90s, to be fair. He was doing any old shite at that point. Yeah. Again, around the time of Island of Dr. Moreau, so yeah, anything is possible <laughs> It's such an odd tone. I think because here in the UK, it's it was a 15, but in America it was a PG-13, so it does feel like the tone is very sort of Power Rangers-type kids' movie, isn't it? But obviously here in the UK, it was deemed too violent to be a 12. So it's weird because it's almost like it's got an adult movie rating, but it's got a very sort of Saturday morning cartoon kind of vibe to it, the way that they that Shang Tsung in- introduces the characters and that they're all just waffling on about this. Yeah. <laughs> nonsense basically it's like get to the fighting get to the fighting <laughs> that's what we're all here for isn't it yeah i can't remember what the first fight is but it's around this point because the, the, no it's it's that everyone's having a dinner aren't they oh yeah, yeah. some incredible yeah. it looks like um a lost set from temple of doom doesn't it it um, does yeah and they pull back oh some people come in and throw tables everywhere and everyone's food mm. and i'd be you know if i was there i'd be like hey <laughs> when my when my veal gets stuffed on the floor. <laughs> Let me finish my suckling pig before you chuck it on and the floor. And it's a disgrace. All the wastage. <laughs> Such a disgrace. The poor maid who's got to clean all that shit up. It's like, oh, for fuck. Just, just set Not all this again, out and you just fuck. Every year they ruin the main. They get Sub-Zero and Scorpion to do it. He's just picking stuff up on the floor like, get over here! Get over here! <laughs> hey, we will get to those two jokers. <laughs> and what, what we realise very quickly here is that when Shang Tsung doesn't get his own way, he will use a cheat code. Yeah, it's a farce of a tournament. It's yeah, an absolute it's, farce. There's no regulatory body was on that boat, was there? No, to, no, to... there's no VAR. So... <laughs> Um, you're allowed people who will freeze. Yep. Other people. You're allowed magic powers. You're allowed all this kind of stuff. I mean, spoiler alert, Shang Tsung at the end, when he's not winning, he drafts in five other people <laughs> to fight for him. <laughs> there's no rules here. And these are, you know... I mean, there's no honour here whatsoever. <laughs> so I don't... I'm not a fan of the fights with... Um, you don't like watching them. But with Sub-Zero and... What's the other? Scorpion... Yeah. It's like, well, these are cheats. This is <laughs> cheating. That's why Earthrealm have lost the tournament yeah. the last nine yeah. times. Uh, the deck is stacked right. heavily in uh, <laughs> other world's favour. This Outer only makes me, me love Robin Shue, Bridget Wilson-Sampras, and uh, Lyndon Ashby even more. Yeah. 
And then do we get Goro after this point? Oh, Goro's having a chat with Kano. I mean, Goro's the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, he's, he's a brilliant effect. Yeah. He's so, so good. good. He's just sat there having like a five-page dialogue scene though, and he's just like <laughs> this weird monster with four arms walking around in a loincloth just chatting articulately with this Australian <laughs> with a metal I, eye. It, it's so good. I, I, I don't know what's happening. And to be honest, watching him on screen, I don't care what they're talking about. And I can't remember a word of it. I just looking at him like, flipping heck, you know, yeah. like this. Because they've got, they've managed, because what they're about to have done is to try and work out the anatomy of this thing. Yeah. Like, how would that work for us to make it move on screen? How will that work with four arms? Um, and sort of essentially double the length of torso. Yeah. Rippling stacked torso. It's, I think it's a great effect, Goro, in this. Is it all animatronic, or is it a big bloke with some extra arms glued on its side of him? I thought what it what it looked like to me was so his bottom, the bottom pair of arms were a real guy's arms and his yeah. shoulders, and then they'd built the top with the other yeah, set yeah. of arms and his head and his shoulders and chest. That's what the animatronic is. Oh. But it's a great call to make it a puppet, though, because I'm sure they would have been tempted to CGI it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I seem to remember at the time, the animatronics of it, you were like, this is a bit shonky. But it's it's always going to be that way. It's never going to get any worse, whereas yeah, exactly, the CGI yeah. does get worse. So it was a oh, good call a good to point. make it a puppet. Yeah. He's yeah. very chatty. He looks good. He is very chatty. <laughs> Again, he's another one who seems to have a really stacked cards compared to everyone else in the tournament because he batters about 18 people before he actually gets to <laughs> to a full fight that we see. Yeah. yeah. Well, but yeah, so they've gone because they, they can't actually get this animatronic puppet fighting all that well. <laughs> they're like, how can we make it seem like he's really hard but not actually showing anything? <laughs> so there's just a montage of about 20 guys getting floored on the same pebble floor. <laughs> just, let's just not show Goro fight. <laughs> just have all these people get battered off screen. Um, and this this leads very quickly to uh, Wilson Sampras having her first fight on the beach. Yes. With, um, what's his name now? Kano. Kano, that's it. Um, and she wins comfortably against Kano, snaps his name. She does, yes. Um, and uh, we've got, what's his face? Uh, Johnny Cage is now enjoying lovely slacks and a silk shirt in the woods. And a dude who's got um, a birdie hand thing. Scorpion. Scorpion, thank you very much. He was my favourite to play with on the game. He was, because, he wow. was everyone's favourite, wasn't he? I think in in the game. Well, is that because he was a bit of a cheat? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You could always win if you had Scorpion. It's because he you was see. the best one. Because <laughs> you just you drag see. the guy to you and then uppercut him. <laughs> yeah. But I think from this point on, when it gets into the tournament and it's actual, so after the dinner scene, basically, and it's we just get one in, fight after it, another, just one fight after the other. And yeah. each fight, they get better and better and better as they go on. Yeah. And I think they start getting really good when you get the Scorpion-Johnny Cage fight in this amazing setting of this forest with all the yeah, trees, yeah, yeah. which are all just like an, an amazing fight, which then gets taken into the nether realm. And um, yeah, this is where we go like, oh, the heroes have actually got a chance here because Johnny Cage gets the better of this cheating spear-handed Fire yeah, man. yeah. Who can breathe <laughs> fire as well? I'd forgotten about that. I thought that at yeah. first. I thought, oh, that's that doesn't seem consistent with what's in the game. But no, you could actually do that. You'd take his, you'd take his mask off, and you could breathe fire. He was a real cheat, Scorpion Rob. 
Like you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have stood for it at all. I would not have been yeah. enjoying that. You know? That was his fatality in the second one. You, you took off. Yeah, yeah. You torched the man, and then a, and then a bloke popped up in the bottom corner and went toasty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think the the fights just get better and better. And they do. The I fights agree. are generally pretty well staged, to be fair. Yeah, I think and, so. And you can actually see what's going on. The choreography of the fights is really good. Um, and the camera is static for quite a bit of the actual fights too, so you can actually yeah. see what's happening. Well, again, according to some trivia that uh, Paul W. S. Anderson, obviously being quite a rookie director at this point, didn't really know how to shoot fight scenes, so he's just shooting them in these really, really long takes. Yeah, and Robin Shu had to come up to him and go because the actors were getting knackered because they were going for like five and four minute takes over and over again. He went, you know, you can cut in for coverage. <laughs> sort of, yeah, we don't have to do the whole fight in one take every single yeah. time. You can cut in. And he's like, alright, okay. So he's like coaching him how to direct Good fight scenes. <laughs> yeah, because Rob- Robin Shoes are sort of um, you know, well-versed in Hong Kong cinema, isn't he? Yeah. Stuntman and fight choreographer and stuff. And I, I watched the credits because I was typing out my notes when the credits roll, obviously to listen to the score and <laughs> to listen to the amazing soundtrack. And then I noticed said fight choreography, Robin Shu. So he wasn't the main fight choreographer, but he apparently did a couple of scenes, which they were reshoots because they did some test screenings for audiences and they were like, Oh, it's good, but there's not enough fights. So they did a couple of, they reshot a couple of fights and he did the fight choreography for them. Oh, amazing. Can like, the, the two fights, I, when I found out which fights they were, it did not surprise me at all. It was, uh, the second half of the Scorpion fight, so the bit in the Nether Realm was added in. Oh, nice! That was a reshoot which he did the fight choreography for, and the fight with Reptile, which was my favourite one, is my favourite yeah. fight in the film. It's yeah. Liu Kang and Reptile. It's a great fight. It goes on for it's ages. Really good. Yeah. It's yeah, really, it's really good, well yeah. choreographed, and it's because uh, Robin Shu brought in a team to do wire work for the fights. Yeah. So the main fights in the main film didn't have all that, but him coming over from Hong Kong, he was like, no, well, we can do this. This is, this is the thing of how to do these fights brought these in and he did those. And that's why they're the best yeah. ones. Um, because oh, nice. Cause they are them. the best. Yeah, ones. definitely. Yeah. yeah, they definitely are. Um, can we talk about Goro versus Johnny Cage? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Only if we're allowed to talk about a pupil dilating nutshell. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is from the game, to be fair. It that was one of Johnny oh, Cage's good. moves good. in the game. You do he does the splits and socks his opponent in the nads and <laughs> I mean it is wonderful. And they writhe around as Goro did in the film. <laughs> in the game. It, it was the funniest thing ever. It's just yeah, so it is, good. To watch an animatronic face buckle and gurn and his pupils go black because it's been <laughs> s- smashed in the beans is something else. And when he's and then basically it becomes an all uh, uh, an around the empty arena match essentially because is, Johnny yeah, Cage yeah. runs off out of the ring and then they go and have a big fight on a cliff. Then like and 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 his I mean spoiler alert Goro falls off. Um, quite casually, you know, it's, it doesn't take much to get rid of him. Like to be fair, his knackers are still in tatters <laughs> yeah. from earlier. <laughs> Disintegrated testicles. <laughs> um, I, I've written at this point when he puts when he does the nut shot. I've gone full circle on him. I think he's amazing now. Yeah, <laughs> like this was the coup de gras. Like I thought this is it. <laughs> like I love this guy now. 
Yeah, accurate. It's, it's accurate. It is the, the this is the turning point of this egotistical bell end. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. By destroying somebody else's bell end, he <laughs> comes full circle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you uh, see those people. There's oh, there's not a great character arc for anyone in Mortal Kombat. I think there is. <laughs> there is. Yeah, a bell end becomes not a bell end by destroying somebody <laughs> else's bell end. <laughs> Who happens to be a four-armed monster. <laughs> yes. Half human, half plastic. Stick um, it sight and sound. <laughs> <laughs> we end up at... Um, very quickly to... Because it's not a long movie. Is it 80 football minutes? Something like that. No, it's like 100. It's 100, yeah, 100. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We've well, once you get to the fights, like the last hour... The last oh, hour flies, flies by. It just flies yeah. by because it's just fight after fight. Because fight. Um, it's essentially the final fight now. Um, Shang Tsung... Challenges Bridget Wilson Sampras, who's been bedecked in some new clobber. Yeah, um, I've, I've written in my notes, uh, pound shop slave layer, basically. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. He yep. did her hair as well, which I thought was weird. And makeup. <laughs> and make. Mm. Have you seen Shang Tsung's hair? He's got a wicked stylist, so she probably just used <laughs> his stylist. Can you imagine? Barbara, Barbara, get in here. I'm not fighting her looking like that. I'm not fighting her looking like <laughs> They get a, uh, what is it? They reveal themselves in the hoods of the goodies. Yeah. yeah, they go to a big tower where they're going to have a big yeah, smackdown with and, Shang Tsung. And, and big, big showdown with Shang Tsung because then it's Liu Kang who says, I want him, yeah, I yeah. challenge you. And Shang Tsung accepts the challenge and they have to have a big ruckus. And he gets sort of gets temporarily the better of Shang Tsung. Yep. Then Shang Tsung gets... You know, just... And you know why he got temporarily the better of Shang Tsung there? Because the needle dropped the tune yeah. and he heard it and he went, <laughs> yes, he went <laughs> mental. <laughs> um, also, mad, mad respect for both um, uh, Tagawa and uh, Shu for going through... You know, well, they, they're, It's obviously them. Yeah. So they've obviously done all their own stunt work here. And then uh, we get the uh, the people popping out of the floor because Shang Tsung fancies a spell. Yeah. Because he wants to cheat the big scoundrel. Um, <laughs> and five people come out and one of them... Did you recognise one of them? I didn't, know. One of them is the guy in Big Trouble Little China who's got the two guns, who's got the bullets on his shoulders <laughs> and he... <laughs> at the funeral Gerald procession. Okamura. Um, <laughs> welcome back, Gerald Okamura. Um, can I also... Right, I'm going to uh, start a new... Um, Ooh, a new FYR challenge. We'll call it FYR Boomerang, okay? You've got to take someone who... who and you can do this any time during the episodes that we do. Throw it out there for, um, and make a connection. So, Joel Lacamora was in something with somebody else. How can you tie it back to an FYR film? I mean, he's got to have been in a, a, a Jean-Claude Van Damme film as a henchman <laughs> along the line, <laughs> surely. Because we, we, we've got to have one more link that he can't just have been in another FYR film. So the FYR boomerang in this instance can't be just, oh, Gerald Akamura was in um, Big Trouble in Little China. There we go. No, we've got to have another film in the middle of that. Rob, do you please have one lined up? I really hope you have. I mean, the, the expression is, do I? Oh, my God, please tell me. I was, if, if you were about to say no, I would have walked out. It's been like, come back when you've got one. Because this is, we're going to set the bar here. Okay. Um, Gerald Okamura was, um, incidentally, still acting today. He's in Cadillac Respect, which is a short coming out this year. But he was also in the film Little Bigfoot in 1997. With none other than Ross Malinger. 
who was the boy with the steel bladder in sudden death, JCVD's son. <laughs> Full on FYR boomerang. We send it out there, it comes back. Woo! This is like our six degrees of separation, isn't it? It is, isn't it? It is. But our own. Yes. With sort of one degree. <laughs> it's easier, to be fair. The solitary FYR degree of separation. <laughs> Um, anyway, they all get murdered. I mean, Liu Kang's not having any of this. Um, they all well, get nails. He's nails in Outworld, Liu Kang. He can do special moves now. He's got yeah, yeah, the bicycle yeah. kick is great. Thing. Yeah. Um, um, he's well hard. Yeah, Shang Tsung runs up some steps. Liu Kang goes after him. They have a fight on a balcony which features um, four or five people sort of falling backwards into the small, low wall of the balcony because now I know because... P.T. Anderson, not P.T. Anderson, <laughs> Paul W.S. Anderson, didn't know that he could cut away. So, yeah. like, so Tagawa tumbles into this little wall. Oh, Kang's in the wall. Kang's in He's out there. Oh, dear. They're all in the blinking wall until Chan shows up. Yeah. And uh, who's the murdered brother of Liu Kang. And they, you know, he knows it's not really him. <laughs> Well, yeah. he knows it's not him because his change is right in front of his face. Yeah. Yes. As deception goes, it's rather lazy. <laughs> it's a bit like robbing a bank going, just wait, lowering the mask over your eyes. Do you remember what I look like? Yeah, don't. Just don't. No one. You know, it's a bit, when my brother was little, he used to do a, a magic show for my grandma and he used to say, right, okay, now the rabbit is hit. Now close your eyes. <laughs> and then he'd, you know, the magic. He, he didn't quite get the misdirection. <laughs> Not the really. Trick. And, and now open them, and it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> this is uh, Liu Kang's redemption because his story arc is he's. Um, blames himself for Chang's death, doesn't he? And now he finally realises it's not his fault. It's Shang Tsung's fault. So now he's got to murder Shang Tsung. <laughs> yeah. And he fireballs him into some spikes. And he fireballs him. <laughs> Shang Tsung brought the spikes up, so it was his own fault. He was exactly, like, yeah, yeah. bring these spikes up. Outside the, the, the gorgeous logo of the game as well is the, yeah, the, yeah. the floor. Isn't oh, it? yeah. The logo of the game. I mean, this is one of them things that that if the logo for this game wasn't good, it wouldn't sit with you. No, no. You know, like the whole thing probably wouldn't sit so hard in your head. I think part of the reason why the game is so successful um, and why the film works as well as it does is because the mythology of the whole game is actually pretty good. Yeah. It's yeah. really like daft and outlandish in that, but it's quite solid what it is, the idea of it and, you know, how can we come up with a reason for people to kick seven shades of shit out of each other while everyone watches? pretty good reason to do it so yeah. I, I like it um and i think that's why it's so it's still good the games are still going and they're still they are, relatively yeah. successful and as we know there's a mortal kombat movie coming this year from Warner there Brothers. is yeah there's, there's a new one which i'm quite excited about that oh yeah I mean, i'll definitely watch it i have low expectations but um i'm definitely going to be watching that with interest i think well i, I hope um it follows the, this one's legacy because I think this is a good, a good one. We have <laughs> uh, the death of Shang Tsung, obviously, and yeah. um, we don't waste much time no. before we then go back to um, Exposition Land and Raiden, who yeah. claims that he didn't doubt it, didn't doubt it <laughs> at all. And then the some building behind blows up, and the Emperor is there. 
Yep. Yeah, so that's the sequel bait, isn't it? Um, it so is, after, yeah. after Casper the Friendly Ghost comes, there's that bit <laughs> with all the souls, and then um, the gorgeous music when they're coming back from in in the temple, and there's all the kids with the flags, and yeah. is it orbital yeah. the music? Yeah, on? yeah. Another banging <laughs> tune. Just lovely little gorgeous bit of trance music. to see you out. <laughs> no, we're not finished yet. <laughs> and yeah, Shao Kahn comes out of the the, the temple that's and smashes through it, and. Um, <laughs> And and he he's the bit he's the big bad for the for the sequel. Yeah. I mean, he looks like a Power Rangers villain when he, he does yeah. the thing. It's not a great. It's it, he does look like a Power Rangers villain. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, the the sequel picks up directly from this. This is the only thing I remember about the sequel because we were we were a couple of minutes late getting in because we we're arguing that the ticket office that we were old enough to go and see it. And I think as soon as we got in, Johnny Cage, who was being played by a different actor, I think he's killed instantly. So he, is, like, yeah, yeah. he is. What? Yeah. They recast everyone, don't they? I mean, yeah, I think James only... Re- is it James Remar is playing James Remar, yeah, Ajax Raiden this the time. He's, uh, what? he's Raiden. It's only yeah. um Lou Kang and Katana are the same, and I think yeah. everyone else is different. Even Paul W. S. Anderson didn't come back for this one. Yeah, he didn't he didn't fancy. Goodness it. me, I didn't know any yeah. of this. If you're interested, do you know what the Rotten Tomatoes score for the sequel is is? Currently? I know it's like I, I saw on IMDb it's like three point eight, so I imagine it's quite bad on Rotten Tomatoes. Two percent. Two percent. It is pretty bad to be fair. It's it, it crushed my dreams when I watched it. I was like, oh for fuck's sake. Yeah. It's terrendous. It's really and that is that's next level Two percent now. It's one of those sequels I think where Obviously, because the first one was a big hit, maybe people were holding out for more money and stuff like that. But I think they actually halved the budget and then tried to have another big hit just on yeah. it. It was a complete commercial, cynical commercial attempt to, uh, it to generate yeah. it, it was. Uh, generate another hit, but without spending half as much money on it. Uh, I, I've just checked what what film did uh, Paul W S Anderson decide to do instead of this? Oh, Event Horizon. Event Horizon. After this, bingo. Yeah. Bingo. We should do that on the podcast one time. <laughs> <laughs> the lost episode. The lost episode. <laughs> the lost FYR tapes. <laughs> I think this and Event Horizon are Paul W. S. Anderson's best films. Like oddly, they feel question. like companion pieces in a way. Yeah, just, <laughs> he peaked well too soon. Yeah. I'm quite partial to Death Race, you know, with the Stafe. Have you seen that? Ah, oh, the first it. one. They ended up doing a couple of. Um, director dvd sequels so it's a bit of a franchise but the stath is in the first one and it's it's really actually quite good Do you know i haven't seen nice. that I've... no not seen <laughs> he's done a lot of franchises and he's made he's made his money and, yeah you know he's a schlock auteur isn't he like yeah you know... let him have his let him enjoy yeah it. he is a lot of people really like the resident evil films um and i know that he was consciously decided to stay involved in that franchise because he lo- he'd let mortal kombat go and he Hated the sequel, yeah. so he was like, "Not oh, like wow. that again." Anyway, Mortal Kombat reconsideration. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, first off, can I have your favorite bits, please? Oh, favorite bits! Forgot about that. The nut I... shot, without a doubt. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think we're all going to go for that because the only thing yeah. that would have—it's uh, not just Goro. Like he's like, there's a good thirty seconds of him just wailing like. Oh! <laughs> the only thing that would have made it better was if he was like barfing on the floor. <laughs> but I also enjoyed Christopher Lambert's uh, Christopher Lambert. He's not from he's not from Doncaster. Uh, <laughs> Chris Lambert. Christopher Lambert. <laughs> 
Christa, Christopher Lambert, when Johnny uh, Cage socks Goro in the knackers, he, he's like in the crowd and he hits one of the... Um, it's <laughs> oh, so, yeah. He's so delighted. He gives the guy next to him a dead arm. It's like, yeah, did you see that? He smacked him right in the knackers. Like, it was so <laughs> enjoyable. Uh, that is what about so you, Sai? What have you got? What's your favourite bit? I mean, yeah, Nut Shot is, is such a highlight. <laughs> but... Um, I just think the reptile fight's brilliant. I think that's really good. To be fair, it, it's so much better as a fight scene than anything else in the film. Like it's just elevated in insane amount, and it does make sense that it was a reshoot and they put it in afterwards because yeah. they put a lot into that fight scene, and it's it shows it's it's a genuinely great sequence. I think it's really good. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Um, if I could add, my favorite bit would be. When Liu Kang is in the air and he opts to do a billion stamping kicks on... Is it Reptile? Is it in the Reptile Yeah, fight? it is the Reptile fight. Yeah, yeah I thought it was. Um, and he falls through a wall and dies. Yeah, <laughs> that's his signature move from the game, that. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, that's his special move, yeah. The right, I didn't know that. Well, I love the way that that came about, then, in which case. Um, but it made me laugh a lot. <laughs> watching it in a movie <laughs> and um, it's good that they only introduce those special powers like the fireball and the, yeah. and the bicycle kick once they leave the earth realm because then you can do impossible stuff which is yeah. good, it's a nice little yeah. detail though. it is yeah um, and so FYR for your reconsideration Sai you'll go last as is our custom James for your reconsideration Mortal Kombat so I think if you spent the 90s playing Mortal Kombat on the Mega Drive for hours, then you'll probably get a kick out of this. But I'm not 100% sure it'll work for anyone outside of that demographic. I found the the heavy-handed exposition and wooden, wooden acting of the first 35 minutes a bit of a slog. However, once the tournament kicked in, I sort of enjoyed it in spite of myself. Uh, the fights are pretty well staged. It's It's got all your favourite characters from the game and the soundtrack is full of cheesy techno bangers. It's, it's not a masterpiece by any stretch, but a carefree nostalgia hit for folks from our era nonetheless. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I... This movie doesn't take itself seriously in any way, and I love it for that. Yep. It knows exactly what it's trying to do. It knows exactly what it is. It knows it's a video game movie based on a game that was about fighting and <laughs> nothing else. Um, it gets the central conceit. I mean, there's more more development of the plot of the plot of the game, the reason the game exists, the story of the game in this film than there is in the game itself. I think. Yeah. So get that out of the way, get that done. We have done that. Then deliver the fights. And my word, it delivers the fights. Um, me, I like action in movies. I like good sets. I like hilarious wardrobe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like and hair. Moment. We haven't even and spoke hair, about that. Yeah, the absolutely outrageous hairspray um, <laughs> budget this film must have had. Um, I just I, there's so much I enjoyed about it. Animatronics, creatures. Charmingly bad CGI um, and a satisfying finish. And I think one of the go- the most faithful video game adaptations that there's ever been. I can't think of anything that's been more faithful. Oh, for sure. Can't. There's been ones, as we've learned, that are more successful, but I don't think more faithful than this. Um, so I loved it. I had an absolute blast going back to this. Um, if a movie holds my attention for the amount of time this did and makes me guffaw, then we win. <laughs> <laughs> so Absolutely, yeah. yeah, go check out Mortal Kombat. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I think um, yeah, you you've both hit the nail on the head there. I think because 
I got so much joy and fun out of this on a rewatch so many years after loving it so much as a, as a youth. But a lot of that does hinge on whether you were into the video game and, you know, you're part of that culture. Yeah. That's where you're going to get the fun out of this. The reason it works as a movie is because it gets the game. It's The detail's brilliant. And I generally think the casting's quite good. The acting is a bit wooden in parts, but, you know, of course it's going to be on a film like this. But I think generally across the board, in terms of the people they've got to play, the characters they're playing, it's really, really good and on point. And that's something what it has on its sort of rival in uh, Street Fighter, where I think Street Fighter was a superior game. I absolutely love Street Fighter. But the film just ignored everything what the game was and just yeah. went on its own, took its own path. Whereas this doesn't, it, it gets the characters right. It gets the story right. It gets the settings right. And I just love the Enter the Dragon vibe. Like Enter the Dragon's one of my mm. favorite films. And I just love how it's basically a r- big, massive rip off of that. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, obviously nowhere near as good as that. Um, but yeah, it's, I just think there's so much fun to be had. And I will uh, leave you guys with this review um, from Letterboxd. Um, from someone called Emmy, who gave this five stars. Emmy knows what's up. Um, and says, <laughs> I'm a simple girl. I hear the theme. I see Robin's shoes impeccable mullet bounce during every fight scene. Sonya Blade killing someone via her thighs and go absolutely ape shit. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous stuff, fellas. Loved it. Loved that tonight. Thank you for the chit-chat. We'll be back next time with... Your pick, Rob. Your pick, Rob. I'm is, isn't it? Um, I said we'd not do any sly until the new year, or we'd all agreed that, and I promised to stick with it. So we're going to come back with Rambo Last Blood in a couple of weeks' time. Recent one. Is that the last one? one? Is that the last of the last bloods? That's the last film. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the. I think the best way to describe it, it's the most recent Rambo. The film. most recent Rambo film, right? Yeah, I haven't yes. seen uh, Rambo since the first one. I think. Oh really? Oh flipping heck! Yeah. He's so been through some stuff, Sai. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> flipping heck! Um, yeah, we could do with uh, Raiden here for some exposition. <laughs> Um, thank you for listening everybody Uh, give us five stars wherever you tend to do that keep chatting us up on the Twitters and say goodbye boys bye 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 Mortal Kombat